podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a view from the bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 22nd of January, 2024. My name is Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of your normal podcast providers. If you're watching on YouTube, enjoy the show, hit like and subscribe, and all that good stuff. It sounds a review on if you're listening to us on a podcast. Um, on this week's show, uh, the third win in three games over the Panthers, emphatic as it was, was followed by a gritty come-from-behind point in Coventry. Both games had their flashpoints. We'll be discussing them, and we'll be joined by Danny Stewart, the head coach of the Coventry Blaze, to look over how his team are getting on, not just ahead of the game in Belfast on Saturday, but tomorrow night's semi-final against the Sheffield Steelers. Um, Jackson Whistle was between the pipes this week, and Cameron Pound added two points to his own tally. Both will join us for a chat. While Davy and Simon reminisce with our special guest, who will become, uh, will reveal all later in the show. There's a bit of news, and it's uh, it's a heated weekend with the Blaze and the Flames on the fixture list. So we'll look at those two games. If you're watching live uh, and like to get involved, YouTube and Facebook have the chat live chat box, and we can see your comments, and we'll do our best to include you in the show. Likewise, we'll keep an eye on X or Twitter. And uh, if you're watching live or listening later, drop us a line at AVFTV on Twitter. We're on Facebook and on Instagram too. Mr. Jamesy, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Bit a hot lemon into me. Um, a lot of lingering away from last week. And, uh, so I'm be saying a wee bit deeper this week. I don't know. But uh, yes. bit of a very really good weekend with the team and uh yeah you know three points out of four on the roads okay working 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 hard mate working hard as we just looked like you were being put through your paces working nine to five tell you what i wouldn't like to see jason taff ellery's uh early rate because that man works uh, almost the clock around so no it was a lot of fun but um as neil russell so eloquently put it jock sniffer to jock washer uh, <laughs> for that but like had a good time with Callie and Mark and Taff and Deco, and uh, it was just a whole lot of fun. Mr. Kitchen, a weekend off for you behind the mic at the, at the SSE. How are you doing? Yeah, dead on. I mean, I'm assuming we're changing the title from uh, Jock Sniffer to Jock. What was it? Jock Sniffer to Jock what? Television Neil Coach Russell said that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a bit harsh myself. He, he, he that's, a bit of stick. Yeah, that's funny for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, good weekend, mate. Just a nice wee relaxing one, just a trick as we're going to be busy from now right the whole way through the end of April now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's nice. that's it. No, I just floated about North Coast for a couple of days. It was good, crack. Well, spend the time as you do, mate. Spend the time Not as you do. Um, two away games to the Belfast Giants this weekend. Boys, let's get cracking with that first one. It was the third game in three against the Nottingham Panthers, and it was a win for the Belfast Giants. It was um, Nottingham who struck first with Jordan Kelsall. Their other goal came from Otto Neiman. Uh, but for the Giants, uh, Nazarian, Cooper, Roach, Prince, Ollie Cooper again, Will Cullen, and Jacob Friend 
were the goals. Uh, Tyler Beskarani, 15 shots on, two goals against. And Roxy Stavanovic, 28 shots on, seven goals against. Andrew Miller and David Good were the two referees. And, and Davey, while it seemed to, to start a bit tight, the more the game progressed, the stronger the Giants looked. Nope. Oh, you're, we can, you're speaking, but we can't hear you. Nope, Nobody home. No, we've got not. We got no sound from Davy whatsoever. Davy, we can't hear. I'm going to give him a wave. Can't hear you, mate. Hear you, got, says let's go to let's go to you. Says the. I know. Um, I know you can't what, hear me. I know you. Can't oh right, you know you can hear. What happened there? I can hear you now. What happened there? Press the button. Somebody wrote in the comments asked Davy to turn the volume up, so I pressed the button. I turned it off. So that's because I'm an old man. <laughs> I don't know. I need a tech. I need a tech. I need a tech. Personally. Back in the day, back but, in the day, mate, we'd cut this and we'd start again and we'd do a setup, but now we're live, so crack ahead. Yeah, well, sure. Um, listen, I thought we started quite well, and it was it was a funny bounce on the puck that, that allowed them in for their first goal. Um, we've caught it back. Who's got the first one? Um, Naz, that's the one where Jeff Baum's done a little bit of play out of shot, and it's just it's gone through Stoyanovich. Bit of a fly screen from Bobby McIntyre, and it's just landed on the line, and Naz has reached around and, uh, and put in on one each, and then um. I'm just looking at my notes here. Two one Oliver Cooper from Josh Roach. Oh, that's the one where he skated the full length of the ice, and he's 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 just sort of flicked one at the top corner. Don't know if Stoyanovich is going to claim he was a wee bit on sided or whatever, but it's it's flu. It's like CNI. It's going in right in the top corner. But you know the the game was obviously punctuated by the hit on Bobby McIntyre, the fight with Will Cullen, the fight with Charlie Curdy. But like full value for the result, you go to the Panthers and score seven goals. They're not a terrible team, but they're a team, obviously, with a little bit of turmoil going on there. But you can only beat what's put in front of you, and we beat them well. I think that's what it is. And you, as the, exactly. Uh, says, as, like I say, the, as the game went on, like, yes, there they go. If you're, anybody that's watching will see, you know, they get the they get the first goal and uh, a good finish from Kelsall. Sort of, the puck sort of hops over David Goodwin's stick, and, and Kelsall's there in open ice, and he's able to, to ping it by... Um, Paying it by Tyler Beskarani, but after that, the Giants just you know took hold and took control. Yeah, I mean, you, you say bounce over a stick there, that's an unbelievable backhand pass. <laughs> yes, you, you watch it again, it's absolutely stunning. Um, the backhand pass in for Kelso to go through, but you know, yeah, we, we got back into the game, we didn't let it as I say, there's, there's a little, I, in my opinion, there's a bit of a different mentality about this group at the minute. You know, we've, we've sort of, you know, make no mistake about it, the, the additions of. Of Goody and Colin, and obviously the 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 comeback from uh, Josh Roach, who was absolutely brilliant in this game again, uh, is really important to, to the group that we have right now. And and you know we're, we we concede that early goal, managed to get the lead. They come back to get it two two, I believe, wasn't it from memory? Yes. And then yep. we sort of just put our foot down and went on. I mean that that hit from on uh, Bobby Mack in the for the second period, sorry, uh, by Caruso. How that? I mean, I've seen his eye today. It's the first time I've seen him today. Dave, you would have seen him after the game on Saturday night and on Sunday. I just cannot believe in this day and age that that can't be looked at, and and I, I genuinely cannot believe there's no suspension out of that. That's one of the worst hits I've seen all season long. And before all these different people jump on, and, and they, we know they all watch the AVFTV, but before they all jump on. Make no mistake about it again. That is a bad, bad hit from Caruso. He knew it was a bad hit because Davey put a clip on yesterday on his Twitter of, um, again, Bobby or um, Charlie Curdy getting the, the instigator when your man's already dropped the gloves before Charlie did as well. 
the instigation was the hit. Um, and to, to see um, the end, the the eye and the the, you know, the black eye, obviously a Bobby. Um, it's it's a bad bad hit, and how it's not been punished further, I just do not know. Um, but again, we didn't let it get us down. We picked up a couple of power play goals again for the second game in a row that we did it last week against the Panthers uh, in Belfast. Um, and it was good to see Charlie stepping in there from uh, on Caruso. He's a bit of a bigger lad as well than, than what Charlie is. Good to see again Will Cohen stepping up for himself. And, and um, you know, it, it's it, there's just a wee bit of a different mentality about it. And it, it's, it's starting to make me feel a wee bit, you know, more positive about things over the last couple of months, which have been really, really difficult for us. Um, but it's it, it, I thought we dominated. Arguably, probably are one of our better performances this season for sure. Was it the best one? Take out a couple of those CHL games in the league for sure. I think that's our best sixty minutes that we played played um, as a, as a whole, and uh, it was great to see that we managed to do it again. And, and again, you touched on it there a few minutes ago, Paddy. The Panthers have had a difficult time, and and you know it's um, it, it's it's. I don't want to go into further detail. We all know what they've had to go through, um, but it, it's it's. It's another team that's put in front of you, and the bottom line is you have, you have to keep on winning the games. So um, I'd rather certainly win against the Panthers and lose at any stage, um, and to get that uh, victory and and so solidly, it w- was really pleasing. Davy, you want to come back in there? I just a bit like what Simon was talking about earlier there, and a little bit of a change in mindset in the team with with Cullen and and, and Goodwin and and Roach coming back in the team. What I thought over the weekend and even maybe into the previous weekend, guys are starting to play their size. Oliver Cooper, Greg Prince, big bodies are starting to play big, whereas they maybe haven't been just that, that way over the last lot of weeks. Um, some real big physical performances, and Sam talking about loving to see players diving in there. It's not a great hit on Bobby McIntyre. We've already discussed that. Here it is, and you know, from that angle, he. he I think he's more leading with the glove vaccine. That's probably done a lot of damage there. But when you see it from the other angle, where Charlie Curdy's coming from, Caruso has the gloves off 10 feet before Charlie Curdy gets there. Now, I know I bang on about the instigator all the time. The instigation, and this is the hit that Bobby McIntyre's head. You've got four officials in the ice that all get this whole situation wrong. Starting with just given, forward slash David McGimsey, forward slash pay is fine here. Um, they've all got it wrong. The hit in the head isn't a two-minute penalty. It's not an instigation. The chance then, obviously, someone, I think it might have been Laker on this occasion, says something. It's Nazarian gets two minutes. Naz on this one, Nazarian on this one, Laker on the on the other one. So both yeah. fights, Belfast Giants also take a misconduct. So out of that penalty, they get seven minutes of penalties and we get 19. We come out in the penalty kill and, and obviously then get scored against. Um, not asking the refs to be thicker-skinned or maybe I am. I don't know what exactly was said. I don't know. That's on our players to, to control their emotions in that situation. It's a highly charged game where you've just come off a massive fight. Somebody said something. I don't know. Control the game. Whatever. You know, something. And, you know, you end up on the on the penalty kill. Or how we come out lad on a PK rather than... Um, so when you, you know... I'm the, I'm the official guy. Or, sorry. I'm the official's guy on this. I'm always backing them up saying they're part of the furniture. But you've got to get that situation right. Charlie Curdy's at the top of the circle. When Caruso has his glove off, you can't call an instigator for a guy that's going in. Charlie only gets one glove off. 
Caruso's standing waiting for him. As soon as he makes that hit, if you watch that video back, as soon as Caruso makes that hit, he's looking around and he's shaking the gloves off. He knows what's coming. I just don't think in that situation you can call Charlie Curdy for instigating because that one, again, the instigation is the hit to the head and two, the guy's got his gloves off before Charlie Curdy's in the same postcode. So, look, it worked out okay. We've gone on and scored seven goals. Never a bad result in the NIC. Let's get the views of Adam Keefe after that game. Yeah, certainly. You know, I think that uh, it's been a long time coming where we, we put up uh, you know, more than three goals. And I thought that uh, you know, I thought it was a matter of time before we got rewarded for our efforts in terms of our ozone play. And um, you know, I thought we could have had more than uh, you know more than the one there in the first period. So um, it was nice that the guys stuck with it. It was composure there after they got the first one. Composure after some of the penalties there. We thought we felt. We were hard, hard done by, um, but the composure was good on the bench, and then ultimately uh, a couple of big power play goals, uh, a couple of timely goals for us, and kind of controlled the game from there on. The highlights of that game are available from Panthers TV on YouTube. We're going to batter ahead here because we do have uh, Danny Stewart waiting in the wings. But I'm going to go through some of the statistics from the game on Sunday with a quick chat, and then we'll bring him. We'll bring him in um, just a moment. The Belfast Giants travelled down down the road to face the Coventry Blaze. Obviously, hadn't faced the Coventry Blaze since they'd come in and put themselves into the semi-final of the Challenge Cup. And we spoke last week that maybe some of the boys wanted a bit of revenge. It didn't sort of go that way, but it was a good outcome to an extent. Um, a 3-2 win in a shootout for the Blaze. Roth, Norris and the shootout winner to McNulty for the Blaze, whereas Kieran Long and Sean Norris get the goals for the Belfast Giants, haven't been two down. Jackson Whistle in goal, 27 and two against. And Taron Cozen, the same stats, 27 shots on, two against. Matt Rose and Stephen Matthews were your, uh, were your two referees. Before I bring Danny in for a chat, just of yourself, I'll start with you. says, you know, going 2-0 down the first period, uh, including that goal in, in 35 seconds, isn't the script as the Giants probably wanted to go into this game with a bit more confidence. But the determination to turn it around from that point and to get a point, it shouldn't be overlooked. It, it's one of the things I actually picked up from uh, Danny Stewart's um, interview after the game. He said that he challenged the game to the guys to get it off to a good start. Um, I think he certainly didn't let him down a lot. I think, as I say, 35 seconds in and we're one down, um, which is always disappointing. The, the, you know, after the first shift, you come off and you're, and some people are still trying to find their seats and, and you're already one goal down. But uh, I like the fight back. Obviously, the, their second goal, I think, was on the power play. Um, and uh, and then Jackson Whistle played very, very well and, and made some key saves at, at really key moments to, you know, instead of going three or maybe four down. And uh, and obviously, you know, the chance to get back into the, the game with a goal from Kieran Long, managed to tie it up. But I think the biggest talking point, and, and I don't know if I can't see if Stanley's in the background here, but I think the biggest talking point is the physicality, physicality being taken out of our game. Um, I mean, Travis Brown steps in and makes one of the best hits we've seen all summer, um, all, all season long, sorry. He steps in the shoulder, and I can't remember who it is. Was it Dudek, I think it it's was? It's Dudek. It's Dudek you're thinking of. Dudek, Dudek sort of tries to step inside, and I think he sort of leaves, you know, leaves his feet to try and you know, elevate himself past Travis Brown. But, um, you know, the physicality is is a massively important part of this game. And, and unfortunately, again, we, we, we get the the um, uh, the penalty, a five-minute major penalty for a hit to the head on that when Davey talks about four 
officials on the ice and and all four agree with the call. I, I just can't get my head around it. Davy would have been in a much better position than I because I've seen the arrow pointing on his head yeah, after the, the screenshot that he took. Um, but it, it's disappointing that, as I say, you're you're playing the the um, the whole overtime period shorthanded, and that is a tough, tough ask. So I thought the boys did really, really well to get back into the game. I thought they did incredibly well to get the game to go to OT, um, and then obviously get the game to go to penalty shots. But um, for some reason, the bar penalty shots right now are are, are uh, not finding the cage, and, and that's something that's going to need to be worked on. But um, I'm sure Danny's very, very happy with the, the, the fight back from his team because I think they've played 13 games in um, overtime this year, and I'm pretty sure they've won 10 now, which you know it just lets you know that that group and Coventry are just a group of guys that just do not give in, and they play right to the 65th minute. Davey, give us your input, and then we'll bring Danny in. Listen, we, we've talked about the importance of starting on time, and we knew that the Blaze are the one team that they've shown time and time again in this league that they go for the, the full 65 minutes. They have done, what Simon say, 13 times now this season. And obviously that, 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 that very first shift, I think we've, we've iced the puck and we've came back into our own zone for um, a face-off. We've cleared it out, they've dumped it back in, and it looks fairly straightforward. They've sent two men quick on the on the on the four check and we've rimmed it around the boards picked it off and it's a shot from the outside that i don't know whether it gets at the flex or jackson just doesn't pick it up but look it's one nil and then we go on that penalty kill which i'm not convinced either like when mcleod's going in on nets he's put both skates he's, he's tried to get the brakes on he gets slightly pushed in they go for you they go against you we're going the penalty kill we can't kill it. it's two nil and it's uphill and then i think in the second period, what the players did very well is they dumped it in behind us. They made us turn. They wouldn't allow us out of our own zone. We weren't getting the normal dominance in the O zone that we'll like that game, that we like to play. We're spending a lot of time in our own zone. And when you're 200 feet from the other net, or, I mean, not quite that far in Coventry, but whenever you're 200 feet from the other net, it's difficult. But credit to them on the sort of second half of the second period, we, we got that goal and we just kept grinding away and grinding away and obviously came up with that bit of a messy goal want to say Messi would have got had to get a lot of traffic in front of Cozen to score it and you know two each it was all to play for and and, and Danny uh, uh, Danny Stewart will be able to say when he comes on I thought at that stage we started to wear them down it looked like we had a wee bit more jump than possibly they did and then the, the talking point you've already had and I know you put that screenshot up there and, and that's not being big I probably had beside Taff and Mark the best view in the house and I swear one referee's in the far corner. The trailing ref has called it from behind on the reaction of the player's body. It's flush. It's chest first. I'm not sure whether the shoulder guard then catches him. There's obviously that sort of whiplash where his, where his head flicks back. He's been hit by a big body, smaller guy, hit hard. But I promise you, I swear on my life, it was all chest first. And that's not putting teal specs on or anything. Unless somebody can come up with an angle from where I was standing to, to contradict that. It was as flush and clean. And Simon talks about taking the physicality out of the game. The ref who's diagonal across looking at it doesn't call it. It's called by the guy trailing. And for me, he can't call that because he can't see that that's head first or not head first. And I'm telling you now, it's not head first. Puts us under a lot of pressure. We obviously have to play three on three overtime. They've got four, we've got three. Big kill, goes to penalty shots. Bit of a lottery. We haven't been great at penalty shots. They obviously take our chances. Flush three. Um, at 2-0 down and under the pump second night in a 2-2 two two away 
home weekend, you get three points in, at the Sky Dome, you know, credit the boys for, for fighting hard to come back, but can't start games slowly and you get punished by good teams and players have a good team. Let's get the post game from Adam McKeith and we'll be back in 30 seconds with the head coach of the Coventry Blaze, Danny Stewart. Uh, yeah, certainly happy with the fight back. Uh, but you think we learn you can't play for 30 minutes and expect to win a game. And you know, right now we're just we're, we're not very good in shootouts. So we have to try and sell the farm to, to win in, in overtime. And when you take a five minute major for overtime, it's kind of tough to do that. So, um, you know, th- that one was tough, but uh, Certainly, we'll take the positive. We'll take the point uh, out of it. That we had a bit of fight back there, and we got rewarded for the fight back. Um, you know, but uh, certainly not a great sixty. That's for sure. And as I say, we're ple- delighted to welcome back to your view from the breach the head coach of the Coventry Blades, Danny Stewart. How are you doing, Danny? Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, doing really well. Give us, you, you've heard, you, you've been sitting in the background there, you've heard what the boys have had to say. Give us your reflection on the game on Sunday night. Reflection of the game, well, obviously, as you guys mentioned, we, we got off to a good start. Um, I think both performance-wise and obviously goal-wise, um, you know, get out to a 2 nothing lead. I, it's funny because I feel like at the Skydome, was was it last year where we, we had three leads against Belfast at the Skydome? I think going into the third period, all three games, and we lost all three games in regulation. So um, certainly was no taking the foot off the gas, but we, we put ourselves in a good position. And then I thought we played a good 10 minutes in, in, in the first part of the second period. Um, we had a really good kill there um, with about nine, eight minutes left in the second. And uh, But then right after that, you know, they hemmed this in a little bit. Puck went off our stick and, you know, landed on longs. And it was a nice finish by him. Um, and, and from there, they seemed to kind of up the momentum a little bit and up the pressure. And um, I felt that was probably the time for them to get back in the game or even overtake us there. They, they really kind of had us in the, the second part. But third period, I think I'd say probably they, they had the better of the play in terms of puck possession. I don't feel like they got inside us very often, though. Um, we didn't generate much either. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was unfortunate. We couldn't get something there on the power play in overtime. Um, but you know, it's a confident group right now going into shootouts and, you know, I, I, I can't remember if it was Simon that said it, but, you know, you got to work on, on your, on your shootouts, but how do you work on your shootouts? You know what I mean? Like guys do it in practice all the time. It's really just like any other part of your game. It's more a confidence thing and, can do it all you want in practice but if you're going out there stressed in games it's a different animal and um some guys just handle it better you know at different points of the season like i said it's it's strictly down to confidence i feel i think too danny there towards the end of 65 minutes well i suppose 25 minutes since the ice has been cut i think you three all three guys yours from memory took shots and i think all three guys from our you know tried to make a move on closing so Something maybe there for for the guys to think about as well. Like let's let's go on to the controversial topic, if you're allowed to. The hit from yep. Brown. Um, we've obviously had our discussions. You have your view from where you were and and your own thoughts yep. on it. Uh tough one. If if I'm being honest, I have like you know we we quick quickly turned our attention to Sheffield after the game. Right, we got a big semi final tomorrow, so um, I've watched it in in full speed and slowed it down. I haven't like blew it up. Like some people have, I don't have the uh, technology to, to do it <laughs> as me, you guys, but uh, 
tough one for me. I, I don't think it's a bad hit. I don't think it's a dirty hit. Um, you know, in terms of the, the act itself, I think it's, you know, it's clean. It's, I don't, I think it's kind of bang, bang right after it leaves Dudek stick. Um, I don't think it's late by any means. I don't think he elevates. Um, I, I think I heard, I can't remember who said a kitchen. Maybe said, yeah, said maybe that, uh, the, the, you know, shoulder right through the chest. The only thing I would say is like, I, I thought Dudek's nose was broken. Right. So he came off, his nose was like purple. It was bleeding all over the place. Um, now whether that was from direct contact from the shoulder or was, he doesn't seem to think it was his visor, the slit, the cut on his nose, wasn't this way. It was yeah. more like this way. So, um, have you, got, have you got the picture there, Patty? Sorry. Have you, has Patty still got the picture? Sorry, I've always Mike. Yes, I do. Give me a second. I'll bring it up there. All, all I'll say from, and, and even from, from talking to Brian as well, like you can see he's got his elbow tucked. He's lowering his shoulder. He's certainly not elevating in the head. So there is a chance like Dudex caught shoulder pad or whatever, but like Brian's going down. He's not trying to, he's definitely well, certainly I, not I, targeting. I think, yeah, I think I said that, Davey. I think I said he wasn't yeah. elevating. Yeah, right. He's, so certainly not, I mean, he's certainly not targeting. There may have been contact, but I'm telling you, it's definitely chest, maybe in the head, but he, he flushes him in the chest. I don't think you can tell from that photo whether that's the direct moment of contact. I oh, no, no, that's that's a good couple of frames before contact. What I'm yeah. saying on that, that's, it's I'm standing looking six, six feet away from it, so like I have a good angle on it. But yeah. um, look, it is what it is. What my point, Danny, I suppose more than anything, was that it's the ref trailing who's just, we've just, you're breaking out, so he's still in your defensive zone call on that because they're the ref who's diagonal in our offensive zone doesn't call it yeah so that's a tough one but it is what it is yeah no absolutely yeah and you know what if, if the script was reversed you know i'm probably arguing for for the benefit of my guy right so i you know i, I try to have a pretty level head over these things and um you know i heard kitchy mention the physicality of the game and i agree i think it's unfortunately moving in the wrong direction um and, and I get the speed and skill of the game. It's worldwide. It's, you know, throughout Europe. I get that. But, you know, I think uh, anyone that still says the UK is a more physical league than the rest of Europe, I think that 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 is gone, if yeah. I'm being honest. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think we could we could probably sit here for, for hours and talk about the hit, whether it was in. I think the key thing is, is whether it was a major, whether it was not, I mean, that's a split-second decision by the ref. I think it's it's very you know a lot tougher for them than for us, but I don't think it's anything more than that. I you know I I don't think it's worthy of a suspension or anything like that. Like I said, I don't think there was malice in it. I don't think it was dirty by any means. Whether there was a little bit of contact to the head, I mean, Dudex nose suggests there was some type of contact, but whether that was secondary or not, I don't know. It just it happened fast, so um, yeah. it's what it is. Yeah. Um, listen, Danny, what, are you, what have you got in the water for your players at the minute? Mm. Because, again, playing 13 games and having to go ultimately up to 65 minutes on, on a lot of them, it, you, you've got a brilliant record in overtime and, and shootout at the minute. You must, be, uh, you must be feeding them something in their water bottles. Yeah, no, I just, you know what, we don't, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, claim we do anything special in overtime or shootouts. I mean, we do our shootouts every week um, during the week in practice. And, you know, every once in a while we play a little three and three, we play a lot of small area stuff, but uh, whether that has any reflection on our overtime play, I don't know. I think, 
I think just like any part of your game, power play, penalty kill, results, whatever, you find a little bit of confidence early on, you know, you and then you find yourself in those situations. You play a little bit less stress. And, you know, we've 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 gotten some big saves from our goalies in those overtimes and 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 certainly in shootouts, you know, they've closed the door and that's contributed to it and you know, allowed our guys to those opportunities to to end the game in, in our favor. I, I don't really want to ask you about our game at the weekend because I know you're trying to concentrate on tomorrow night's game um, against the Steelers. But for any of the Blaze fans that are actually watching, um, you know, because they all watch our show anyway. Um, but uh, <laughs> what, what's your what's your thoughts on tomorrow night's game? Yeah, we're 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 ramped up. You know, we're excited. You, uh, I think, you know, being in that group with Cardiff and Guilford isn't easy. You know, and. Um, you know, last year we, we won the group and then we had to face a Guilford team in the quarterfinals who at the time I think was like a 94 win percentage in the league. Um, and then this year, you know, we had to battle through, um, had some good games, some not so good games, and we found a way through to the quarters. And then to get by you guys is not an easy task. So, I mean, 10 games against Belfast, Cardiff and Guilford to get where we are. These guys are, you know, it's well-deserved and, you know, we're excited, you know, you're going against, you know, the best, the best in the league right now. There, there's no second thoughts about that. And, um, but at the same time, we, we're, we're a confident group. You know, we've gone into Sheffield twice and had leads in the third period and unfortunately lost those two games in overtime. Um, and uh, at home, you know, I think it was a 4-5-2 result and we had a really bad, I think, middle frame there, um, kind of, back into the first period and, and started the second period. We, we weren't good at all. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had a little pushback in the, in the end there, but, you know, probably a closer game than the score reflected, but you know what, we're, we're excited. Tony, if I can go backwards to go forwards, just to, just to close one wee thing off, it's been killing me. 20th of December, you come in, I think with, with taking the first leg was one each at your place. And we've obviously mm-hmm. gone out to a bit of a lead in, in Belfast. What what is is the chat going into that last period? Is it just go and get the next goal and see where it takes? Because it just it snowballed really quick. We weren't in a great place obviously at the time, but we got ourselves into a really really strong position in, in that game. And oh, no. like we're yeah. we're still in a little bit of this is this is a month ago, and we're still in a bit of shock about it. Yeah, I mean as much as as, as much as I can remember, it was two nothing going into the third, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's right. I think yeah. at that point, at that point, you know, we'd been on a good run in December and full of confidence so the message was was just keep playing you know like we we know we can compete with these guys I think to that point we hadn't um we hadn't been good that night Belfast was very good they spread us out in the D zone like no team had all year and you know got a lot of time and a lot of you know good looks from it and the message was like okay we haven't been at our best and you know they've they've been the better team but do nothing like we're in a hockey game you know we get the next one it's it's game on and uh unfortunately they got the next two and uh you know we got to about that eight nine minute mark and i'm not gonna lie like on the bench i you know i started you know we we had some tough games coming up at christmas i started you know giving guys some more ice time we had shut cook down because he had a bit of a niggle that night and and then we got that first goal and just our energy levels just went through the roof and like I said, it's not not from me. It's just from that 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 one act, and then we got a quick second one, and then all of a sudden you could see. I think you know Belfast started kind of getting back on their heels. I don't know if there was an element of they thought maybe the the game was over. And one one thing I will say that sparked our bench a little bit, 
and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying it to dramatize anything or create any drama or anything, but the celebration after your guys's fourth goal, I think it kind of pissed guys off a little bit and uh, it kind of sparked guys a little bit and maybe, you know, gave us that, that, that thing we needed. So, um, but if you would ask me after the, even the two, if we would have pulled it back, you know, I'll probably said chances don't look good, but our guys kept fighting and, and fair play to them. And um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing comeback. And good luck tomorrow night. Um, the one last question for me before I let you go, more of a general one. I don't know if you heard earlier on, we talked about an incident that took place on Saturday night for us in Nottingham with regards to um, the instigator rule. And I know that this season that you've been hit a couple of times against the Gator Railway, Ferguson on McNulty, I know Ferguson on Clements, and one with McNulty as well. It seems at times that uh, I'm interested in your perspective to send out that the the instigation isn't really taken into account. I I I was I was angry after the McNulty one, certainly. Um McNulty and Bush had gone on it gone at it for a couple games. Bush had asked him quite a few times over the course of two games. And then uh I believe it's a it's it's close to the end of the period in our zone and uh the whist the whistle kind of goes and I think Bush kind of just like pushes McNulty into into the boards and says something to him and Nultz just gives him a little tap on the on the shin pads and they both drop their gloves and fight. Like for me, that's his willingness from both parties as, as you're ever going to get. And uh, I, I couldn't understand the, the instigator at all. Um, I think there's a big area of gray with it now. What is, what isn't, I don't know what is anymore. Um, maybe the refs, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on them, but you know, I, I don't know if they do either, but um, maybe because it doesn't happen very often anymore. It's, <laughs> it's tougher to judge it, but um, yeah, it's uh, the Ferguson Clements one. Was that it was it was we felt like a half second late hit on Clements, nothing malice or whatever. He got up and grabbed them, the gloves came off. And I, again, I don't I don't think there's an instigator there, but I haven't seen the one you're talking about yet. Um I think it was it was yeah, but it's it's just that it's the only I think the general the general point of this is the fact that you obviously have these incidents where there are dangerous checks, there are dangerous incidents there and Whereas you know somebody's coming in to protect or stand up for their for their guy, stand up for their teammate as as they should or as you know as you like yourself would want, and it's that that is being seen as the instigation, not the original yeah. thing that would be the actual instigation. So therefore, in our case, we have uh, we have um, uh, we have a seventeen minute penalty go to to Will Cullen who steamed in to try to get Caruso after a bad hit on uh, on McIntyre. So yeah. you know. <laughs> Is that the instigation, or is the hit on on McIntyre the instigation? To me, uh, the hit on I, McIntyre is the instigation. I think, I think, it, in in theory, really, it's it's the instigation of the fight. It's not yeah, really but created the. Well, what I get what you're, I do get what you're saying. I get, I understand what you're saying, but that's not what the instigation. Now, my argument would be that there should still be a difference in the final call. So, if there's a bad hit, you know, worthy of say a major, and somebody comes in and instigates the fight team that instigates the fight in, in defense of their teammate probably should still be on the power play but you know it's not always black and white like that yeah but what, uh, what else what what'll say on it i'll get patty to send you the clip Bruce obviously makes a hit on bobby mcintyre and as soon as he makes a hit he knows that's a bad hit and he's shaking the gloves off looking around him and before curdy gets to within 10 feet of him he's to stick away in the gloves down charlie curdy gets the instigator 
when that's Caruso's a different rally well, on Whitten. I mean, from that description, that's a different, you know, if that guy, if that guy's a willing combatant, it doesn't matter who who's approaching who. If he says, okay, you're coming at me, my gloves are off. I think that's, yeah, that's not an instigator for me. It's it's when Caruso's. you grab a guy that's not willing and you force him into a, either he turtles or you force him in a position where he has to drop his gloves and you've already thrown three or four punches. That for me is an instigator. Yeah, yeah well, it's one of those. It's one of those. Listen, Danny, we really appreciate your time and your frankness. Uh, good luck tomorrow night against the Sheffield Steelers. And, okay, guys, um, I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate it. Now, just before I go, Davey, McLeod, uh, goalie interference, 100% a penalty. <laughs> I don't know what you're watching there, but that's that's probably bias on your part. We'll come back to that. Disagree on the Brown one, but no way on the McLeod one. <laughs> thanks, Danny. Thanks, care, Danny. Guys. Big thanks. Big thanks again to the head coach of the Coventry Blaze, Danny Stewart. The highlights of that game are available from our good friends on uh, Blaze TV. Right, we got two guys. Actually, both of them are waiting in the background because we're running a bit late. We'll we'll, we'll start one. We'll bring the other one in 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 a second. But we're going to bring in a guy who uh, actually came through on under 16 for the Coventry Blaze before he went off to North America to, to refine his uh, his um, his game. Um, he's come in in the last while. He's he got two points at the weekend. Please welcome to View from the Bridge, Cameron Pound. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing really well. Um, two points at the weekend for yourself, two assists. How do you feel your game is? Yeah, it was nice. I mean, I don't know if I did anything special on him, but uh, I'm glad uh, it was nice to pick up a couple points. Uh, it was great that the team got Three out of the four would have been nice to get that uh, extra point in Cov, but uh, unfortunately we didn't pull that through. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, especially going in the overtime on, on that penalty kill, uh, it's it's difficult. Especially you know, we we've talked about, we've talked that for item about the about the hit there, but yeah, I was just actually dig it out backstage just, there. But just to, but to just dig it out as well for the spend those five minutes on the penalty kill and still dig it out is is probably was felt great in the room. Yeah, it felt good, but when you kill off a five-minute penalty for the whole overtime, you feel like you deserve the second point there. Yeah, so it's too bad. And it was, I think it was Kohei Sato that sat the penalty, and we're just like knowing that with maybe twenty seconds left, four it was going to be four on four, obviously, and hoping that he was going to jump out and you know have a bit more legs than anybody else, but. Just didn't work out that way for us. So you've came in, Cameron. Have you enjoyed it so far? Have you got the ice time you're expecting? More ice time than you're expecting, perhaps? Yeah. Um, well, I, I've come in. I've absolutely loved the uh, the town here. Belfast is just a great city. Um, love playing for the Giants themselves. The The atmosphere is incredible for the home games. Uh, the treatment is fantastic. So I, I, I felt right at home, even though I've only been here for two months at it feels like longer already, so it feels like I've settled in nicely. Um, ice time, yeah, I came in with uh, not really any expectations, so I'm pretty grateful for the amount of ice time I've got. I guess that would say more than more than what I expected. Mm. I guess, mm. yeah, no, I'm I'm chuffed. So, Cam, when you look at the, you just touched on you've been over two months now, and it's it's absolutely flowing in. Um, you've had your parents over to to, to watch you a couple of times. They're living over in, in Solihull. We talked about that today, um, but it must be good to be able to play in front of your parents as a professional it's different when you're playing high school and college and and what have you but you know to do what well, every young kid who, who starts out in the game um uh, you know having aspirations of being a professional you must be uh, pretty in a pretty good place right now yeah it feels good i'm not gonna lie it's uh you know it's a dream right to play professional hockey and then to be able to do it in front of your 
your parents is fantastic. My uh, mom has always been extremely busy, so she's it's she's never been able to fly out to Canada and come watch games. So it's been years since she's seen me uh, in person. So that was really cool that she could come out. First of all, to the Coventry games, and then they actually came out for a weekend in Belfast uh, last week, two weeks ago, for the doubleheader against Nottingham. So, um, yeah, I just feel at home. You know, I've been away from home since I was 14, so I almost forgot what that playing at home feels like. It's um, it's nice. It's a, it's almost a confidence builder. It's cool. When you when you get obviously your your dad played professional um, uh, back in the earlier 80s, early 90s over in Solihull Medway and a couple of other places up throughout the UK. Um, what's it like to have a dad who played professional hockey? Does he, uh, you know, is he always on the phone to you to say, you, you know, he was a defenseman too. So is he, you know, are, are you doing this right? Are you making sure you're back in your position there? Are you, what's it like having a, a coach off the ice as well as obviously keeper on the ice? Yeah. So even though I was gone at 14, I was fortunate enough to have, Every every team I played for since I left for Canada, they streamed their games. So he was able to still watch every single game, and he definitely uh, had plenty of pointers after after games and uh, advice, just tips. So although I've been away from home, he's definitely uh, helped me tons with just little parts of my game. Even now, yes, playing here in Belfast, I'm getting sent clips of my games from my dad and tips on how to improve so uh, i'm very grateful i wouldn't be the player i am without without uh without his help for sure we must ask uh, our next guest is jackson whistle we must ask him if he gets the same tips from his dad <laughs> it's a similar sort of you know to that i can see him shaking his head here he's, 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 <laughs> the um obviously you know you've 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 had experience now as well of gb under 20s under 18s likes uh the the the, the olympic list came out and jackson there was all is this something you aspire to to get back into that gb setup Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, that's that's a huge dream of mine to be able to put on uh, your national team's jersey and play for your country. That's that's pretty surreal. That's cool. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna keep working on my game and hoping to crack the lineup. You know, there's a lot of great players there. It's gonna be hard to t- to, to break, but uh, I hope I hope I can eventually. One one other question of it is obviously you know you've come from the U Sports you've you've had your time playing in Kingston and in Cornwall or whatever but now coming in as pro what's the difference what is the difference now you feel now you've gone pro compared to what you've had at you know at college level at junior level at you know, coming through the system yeah definitely um, it's deeper for sure you know you when you come up through the system in Canada there's always going to be one line or a couple players here and there that are exceptional top talent um, that, you know, are going to play pro. Uh, And then, you know, it kind of, it fizzles out, you know, there's never going to be four lines all going. You come to pro now, everyone can play. Everyone's got their, uh, their, their bit that makes them who they are. Um, Everyone's got something to bring to the table. They're all extremely talented. Um, so it's definitely that depth, the consistency of the talent that's a, a major difference with the with the pro level players for sure. You know, there's a reason that the guys may, are playing pro um, for sure. Um, talk this. There's there's probably several hundred or more Belfast Giants fans on watching this live, and over the last month, six weeks, there's been continuous six and a half, six and a half, six and a half, seven thousand cries. It must be ready good to be playing in front of seven thousand people every other game 
Uh, it's unbelievable. That's one thing I've never experienced. I've never, I never went to a uh, college that brought in huge <laughs> crowds. Never went and played for a junior team that brought in huge crowds. So then to step up and I even, even my first pro game was in Glasgow, and that was quite. That was before I played home in Belfast. Even just being that first game in Glasgow, I, uh, I'm pretty sure with the, I'm pretty sure with the adrenaline, I couldn't sleep till five or six a.m. Um, so. It was an adjustment to play in front of that crowd. You definitely, you definitely feel it a bit to start off with. Now it's, uh, you know, when you're on the ice, it's more white noise. But it's great when you have seven, eight thousand people behind your team, behind you guys. It, uh, it fuels you. It's great. It's really, it's really cool to experience. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's surreal for sure. Cam, coming off of the back of the games there at the weekend against Flanagan and Coventry, you come into Belfast this weekend and um, Saturday against. Coventry Blaze. Uh, you've had a couple of days off, which hasn't really happened too often since you got here. You mean you lady through December, you're playing more or less every other game. But the couple of days together, um, you know, just sort of resting and relaxing and, you know, getting away from the rink to a certain extent as well. Uh, it, it must be pretty good for the body right now because you're going to be back on the ice tomorrow and building up, getting ready for Saturday. Yeah, uh, I I always believe rest is a weapon. I think it's uh, really underrated um, how much rest can help. You know, it's hard to get into that mentality, right? Because you're always thinking, well, I've got to keep working. I've got to keep improving and every day going 100%. But rest can almost be more beneficial when you need it, when you've worked hard and you've worn yourself down a bit. Having a day or two to recuperate and uh, get back to 100% can be wonders for the body for the team just for morale so uh it's it's nice not having 14 games in 28 days or whatever it was in december <laughs> it was a much heavier schedule so this is this is lovely yeah we're liking it we've got, um, just before we let you go a couple of things we got a comment in here for andrew one saying that she was wearing a pound jersey in uh jazz jersey in uh coventry at the weekend she got lots of really great comments from people who remembered watching your dad and they're proud to see that they're, they're his sons in the league but we also have one in here from uh, jason taff ellery saying he's letting the brits down with his choice of footwear he thinks he's north american would you like to elaborate <laughs> yeah taff's been giving me a hard time since i joined he uh first of all didn't like my Blundstones, which are just boots that you can slip your feet into. Very, very popular in uh, Halifax and all across Canada. I like it because we live 30 seconds from the rink and I don't want to tie up my shoelaces to get to the rink. And uh, then after that, it was the, the Birkenstocks, which are sandals and I wear socks with them. Again, easy, <laughs> easy to slip your feet into. I just love the comfort and Birkenstocks, uh, with, <laughs> Birkenstocks with socks. That's a new one. Oh, it's great. You wear them in the winter. You, in the summer, you take the socks off, but in the winter, you put them on and you can still wear them. So it keeps, it keeps your feet warm, but also easy to put your feet into. Um, so yeah, he's been giving me a hard time. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's time for a change of footwear. I'm not sure, but uh, I like the comfort and the ease. So Jeff, Jeff bombs that. saying that you need a pair of cowboy boots. I actually, funny enough, I have a pair of Texan cowboy boots. I didn't bring them over though, but uh, I'm sure you'd be happy to hear that. So, Cameron, listen, we really appreciate your time. We, we, you've been doing great and we'd love to see it. And uh, maybe we'll speak to you again before the end of the season. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, see ya.
Big thanks to Cameron Pound for joining us, and we crack straight on because also waiting in the wings is another man. We did mention him earlier on, another man whose uh, whose dad played and coached in this league. Delighted to be doing it. a great uh, great game at the weekend. Delighted, welcome back to View from the Bridge, Jackson Whistle. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. How we? How are you guys doing? Turn your phone ninety degrees. That'll help. Good. Yeah, I see. Yep. There we go, bud. So, give us your take on Sunday's. You got you got the ice on Sunday. Give us your take on Sunday's game. Um, yeah, I, I thought uh, Sunday's game went well. Obviously, um, kind of tough to lose in a shootout. That seems to be the story of the last few games that I've played. Um, but you know, as far as going into that game and everything like that, it felt well. I thought the team responded really well. Um, in the third period, we kind of dominated. I thought we gave ourselves a chance to come back and win. Um, obviously tough one going into overtime down the whole time. Uh, but that's just the way she goes. And, um, you know, got one point out of the two with a light two, but that's the way it is. Uh, you, you know, we got Tyler Beskarani back and you got to split the weekend. Obviously this is the way that the chance won. You took that injury earlier on in the season that sort of was difficult and, and put a lot of the, um, put a lot of the weight on Besco. Give us an insight of what that would be like, you know, because, Obviously, we we know that you guys start whatever, and, and it's it's a, it's a, sometimes a, a lonely position. But if you've got to if you've got to carry all of training and play, it seems it's a heavy load to carry for one person. Yeah, no, it is for sure. It's more of a comfort thing, I think. To be honest with you, obviously, um, as far as practices and things like that go, we have Andrew Dixon um, who helps out a lot uh, for when guys get tired or need rest. And actually, Gavin was out as well too. Had a few practices, had Peter checked there, so. You can kind of manage it, but I think just kind of knowing uh, that you have someone there that can take the load off and play games, um, it's, I think it's just more of a comfort thing, right? You're not worried about it. You're not worried about having to, you know, if something happens or if you get hurt or anything like that, you know, it's not in the back of your mind. So I think it is nice having two guys split the time. And um, obviously, as you've seen, um, you know, since we've kind of been back, uh, I think getting that rest, we both played a lot better, um, myself included, and him as well, too. So I think it just helps. Talk about the having to jump straight back in because Besco obviously went off to represent Canada and you had to take a little bit more load than perhaps you would have expected coming straight back off the injury. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I probably would have played two out of the four games and we had them kind of that close together in that one week. And I think uh, for me, it was great to kind of get back into it. It was kind of um, obviously with that Boxing Day game, we I hadn't been on the ice since the twenty second. Had been, you know, had a few drinks, a few turkey birds over the over the days beforehand. So it was kind of just going in there, um, just going to really get in there and get after it. And, um, you know, it went well and getting to play kind of the four games. You actually almost feel uh, you feel better, to be honest with you. But the more games you get, you kind of just settle in there. And I feel like um, since that, things have gone um, well, I guess, from an individual performance. But like to get a few more wins uh, in there uh, on the record sheet as well. So is the body feeling good and the mind's feeling good too? Yeah, yeah, all good. I think, um, I mean, you're still going to be a little sore from injury. I think a lot of guys are always a little bit sore, so that'll probably heal up in the summertime fully. Um, but as far as, you know, being able to play and actually perform and stuff like that, yeah, good to go. Wes, we're talking to Cam uh, Pounder a few minutes ago about his dad uh, contributing to, mm. you know, picking up little nitpicks about uh, the way he's playing and, and, and what have you. Does Dad Dave still do that for you? No, Dave doesn't get doesn't get a whole lot of say anymore. He he tries to. I think <laughs> when it got to about third, I can hear. I always hear him giving it to my brother a little bit. But when it got to me, um, you know, once we kind of got to about thirteen or fourteen, I think he realized he didn't really know what he was talking about as far as goalie stuff goes. 
Um, so he, they always watch though. My mom and dad love watching, uh, you know, whenever I get the chance to play and they always, it's more just sort of more or less a good game or, uh, you stunk in the shootout or one of those ones. So, yeah. You, yesterday, obviously you got the news, uh, the GB team was selected for the, the upcoming uh, Olympic qualifiers and what have you. Um, you know, that, that GB, you've been part of the GB team now for a few years. Um, a lot of success, not so much with, you know, in the, in the top end, but you, you come to expect that when you're playing against Canada and USA and, uh, you know, well, I was going to say Russia, but they're not in it at the minute. Um, but the other teams and you know, the top Sweden, Finland, what have you. Um, you must be looking forward to, uh, to the challenge that GB has ahead of them again this year, which is going to be in, in, the, uh, in Czechia and Prague. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to it all. Really, to be honest, with you this, uh, you know, the tournament coming up in February. There, that's a winnable. Uh, those are winnable games, I think. And um, you know, getting that opportunity to go to the next stage of the qualifier would be pretty cool. Um, as far as the worlds go, I mean, realistically, you're trying to stay up. That that is our goal. And I think when it comes to GB, you know, we have a great group, great group of guys in there, and kind of a group that has bought into Pete's system and works extremely hard and kind of goes, you know, to the wall really for one another. Um, obviously when you get there, there's a few games that you have your eye on that you think are winnable. Um, uh, but you never know, to be honest with you, have seen, um, I remember last year or, uh, two years ago, last time we went up there, we had USA at one, nothing going into the third. And, um, you know, we had some good games against Denmark and Norway in the past and Latvia and exhibition, uh, who ended up, you know, doing very well at the tournament so that you can see the program, how much better, um, the team has got, I think, even from my first experience going to Budapest, kind of just praying to not get regu uh, regulated back to kind of that third level and going and winning. And then last year getting uh, going into the second division again. And when we got there, we really felt that we were, you know, deserved to be in that top division. So it's cool to see kind of from my first year to now how far along the team actually has come. That, that's interesting because that sort of where I was going to go was that obviously the GB have been at that top table for a number of occasions now. And when it was not back down, was it the determination is always to go back up, but it's seen now as being, that's your place. That's the commonplace for the GB. Now it should be commonplace now for GB regardless. And, and you know, that, it, it's played out by the attitude of the guys on the ice. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, you become a better hockey player playing against or with better hockey players. So the longer that you can stay up in that division, it just forces your body to naturally work that much harder to adapt and react to the situation on the ice. And um, I think it, you, you saw it, like I said there, when you come, when you came back down to Nottingham, how much better you were um, than some of the other teams were before years previous, you would have just been hoping to compete even in that division. And now uh, I think it's great. So obviously, you know, our goal is to stay up and, um, you know, win a game, win two games, win three, you never know, you know what I mean? And that's kind of uh, where we're at going into it. I'm interested. There's a there's a question that's coming here from one of the viewers, and, and it says, "Hey, hey, hey whistle, <laughs> what's the hardest thing you find when you have a shootout? And is there a difference between shootouts at home and shootouts away? Obviously, you had one on on the weekend there against the uh, the, the Coventry Blaze. It didn't go our way, but what when you go into shootouts, what's your mindset? Um, I don't know to be honest. With you. right now, it's been it's it's kind of been interesting. I I think um. It's been weird, to be honest with you. There's nothing different between home and away shootouts, but I think um, previously in the shootouts, uh, I used to do very well. I almost won every single one of them up until this year, and you kind of lost that first one. And then I kind of thought to myself personally, I was like, oh, well, you know what? I haven't been on the ice for a couple of months. I haven't really practiced shootouts, you know what I mean? And then um, just kind of the fact that the last three games I've played have even gone into shootout uh, is quite 
probably statistically not, you know, normal. And then the fact that you had lost all three of them, um, you know, it's something that we've worked on or last week anyways, after I lost those first two, uh, going into practice, I pretty much did them every day. And I was like, okay, feeling good. You know what I mean? You can go through the whole lineup of guys don't get scored on. And then for whatever reason it is, um, in the game, obviously, you know, they did a good job as well to have kind of changed the angle and taking shots, for example, more instead of deking. Uh, which is obviously a little bit harder as a goalie to stop, I think, anyways, um, when you're moving around shooting uh, as opposed to bringing it in super tight on me. But um, it's something, obviously, we got to work on as a group. Um, you know, I need to be better at it, and I think we'll do a lot of it this week again. So, Last weekend's gone now, Jackson. We're all focused on, obviously, Blaze at first and then, and then the flame to come afterwards. Back to work, what, tomorrow? I don't know whether back to work today. I don't know what the, the schedule's been, but... Looking forward to the build-up, the two, what's, as you've said yourself, we've just got to keep trying to get points. Yeah, 100%. And I think, uh, I think our, I mean, you guys have probably seen it as well, too, getting a few additions back to the lineup. Things look a lot different, do you know what I mean? It's, it brings a lot of calmness and control to the group um, that you would have kind of seen in the second half of last year, and you're starting to see that again now. Um, you know, just in certain areas, like the power play, things like that, it helps out a lot. Um and uh, I'm, I'm excited, to be honest. Yeah, I, you know, I'm excited to see where things turn up. I don't even want to really look at the table, to be honest with you. We're just mm-hmm. taking it day by day. Keep getting wins, keep getting points. And when you get down to that kind of the wire, you'll see where you're at. And, you know, you give yourself a chance to be there. Good things happen. So, One last question before I let you go. Obviously, earlier this season, it was a bit of crack. You know, one of the, one of the you know, unfortunately, you took that injury and we did bring in Petr Cech. Now, you know, goalies union and all of that. But that's that, that's a that's an interesting one. You know, uh, what were your, what was your take on him? Well, I thought it was awesome, to be honest with you. I, I didn't know a whole lot. I, first off, I, did, I had no idea how successful he was as a goaltender in the Premier League. Um, you know, at, at, obviously just having any Premier League goalie come in, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, kind of cool. And then to realize actually what he had accomplished, we put on a video one day in the morning. Kiefer had a, like a 10-minute video. I think it was him getting into the Hall of Fame or whatever it was. And you're like, oh, no, like this is unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And um, he was actually – he was pretty good on the ice, to be honest with you. I, I saw him. He was huge, first off. He's the same size as Besco. They're massive in there. And because um, I never saw him at the Ukraine uh, game either. I was away with GB. So when I saw him, I was actually quite surprised at um, how good he was, you know, just tracking the puck, things like that. Obviously – probably doesn't skate all the time so you know but uh i, I thought he it was great to get him into the or into the game as well too obviously um so it was pretty cool brilliant listen mate really appreciate your time as always give our best to your dad we hope it yeah, all's well with him and uh yeah we'll catch up with you soon yep sounds good cheers wes big well, thanks to, big Thank thanks you, to jackson. jackson whistle for for uh for for taking time to join us we really do appreciate it and uh yeah just a quick reflection from you two boys actually you know there's where we've got two two lads uh you know jackson in the gb setup cameron pound aspiring to be in the in, in the gb setup and cameron pound first of all you know has come in with you know turning pro a couple of months ago and davey doing really well yeah um and I think Simon talked about it when he was on with uh, Gary on, on commentary the other week. Sometimes when you put Jeff Baum, makes players around him better. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to, to come in as a first season pro and he's done remarkably well. He's probably, you know, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 shifts a game. He, he's over 20 minutes a game. He's doing really well. And that, that decor of ours is quite deep and he's holding his own in it. And that's, that's really great to see. 
says you know, as as Davy said, you know, and he speaks very well, Cameron as well. He's quite an intelligent lad. I switched on already. He's, um, he, you know, he, when he was in college and and he was uh, he's a physicist. A physicist. I can't say it. physics. <laughs> <laughs> um, proper rocket scientist. So you know, the kid's absolutely switched on, and and uh, I think he's been, you know, I think he's been good since he got here. You know, it's never easy coming into a room halfway through the season. Um, he's a confident kid. Uh, you know, certainly doesn't um, doesn't let himself down when he's on the ice, and it's important that we have that British, um, uh, you know, defenseman as well. Because, you know, when, you, when you're when you only allowed to play 15 imports, and I know this is probably going to go off on one with regards to people who watch the NIHL, um, but the, the level of hockey in the IHL over the last few years has been really, really good, and in my opinion. Um, and, you know, when it's 15 imports and you've got to play you're only allowed to play 19 all together on the benches now, isn't that right? There's only 19 players, and, and including the two goalies. So, you know, it, there's not a there's not a a, um, a never ending um, conveyor belt of top British players coming through right now. Unfortunately, yes, there's some great kids, 16, 17, 18, um, and there's a couple of young. I mean, there's not many 18, 19 year olds in the league right now that are getting regular ice time. Um, you know, so we. Him taking the option of going away to Canada, learning his craft over there, going to college in the NCAA or, or sorry, U Sports, um, is certainly a really good way to go if you can afford it because it's not cheap. Um, you know, there's a lot of I was uh, Jamie Thompson's we lad and some Dumfries doing really really well. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be a player that you're gonna have to watch going down in the next few years, and he's taking the chance to go and play and witness at the lower level instead of playing. At the Solway Sharks this year, and and that's the th- that's the thing that he's getting regular minutes. And you know, if you're not getting regular minutes, you need to just find a, a setup that's going to give you the regular minutes. We've had young Mac and and Kel over the, in the last few years who've um, who signed up with the Giants, and they just haven't had the opportunity to play regular minutes at this level. And again, we've had this conversation down the years, and are they if they're young enough, they're good enough. And yes, they're good enough to practice with the boys. But they're not good enough to have 12, 14, 16 minutes as it stands right now. And, and that game, that's just my opinion. And once they're away, I mean, you've seen the likes of, of young Carter, Hamill, um, Cameron Hamill. You've seen the likes of Kel getting regular minutes and, and Mac as well in that level of the NIHL. And that is going to do them the world of good. But it's not like getting the opportunity to go and play in another country where it is the first thing that you wake up and when you're in the morning that you want to go and do and you get a chance to get on the ice at an early at early time before you go to school while you're in school you're actually learning how to play the game as well it's it's unfortunate that we just don't have the development problems or development the things here in northern ireland um and hopefully that's you know with the new rink in Dundonald being open in a couple of years time you know that's hopefully going to help but there until we get to the point where it's you know that these kids are getting a lot more ice time, and that's not just in Northern yeah. Ireland; that's throughout the UK um, and Scotland, England, Wales, all over. Until we get to that point, it's going to be very, very difficult um, to see that age group of 17, 18, 19 getting regular minutes in the in the, in the elite league. Unfortunately, and again, yeah. that's all my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about that. No, you, um, that. You're absolutely right, mate. We've spoken about it many times about that sort of that gap 
in this in, in the ladder as you're as you're as you're coming through. And I know that you know around the corner from me here, um, um, Nick Crawley, who's part of the Storm setup, his son Josh, who's now at the Blackburn Hawks, but he'd been in North America for a bit, just trying to get that sort of development. He's been out. He was he was out in in Canada doing a bit of work there with the trade of development. He's come back now and he's he's playing in Blackburn. But that sort of that sort of gap in development where and we, you've seen it. So many players who've gone out there to do it. You know, we spoke to Boxy the other week. He's a player who went out there to to, to, to try to fill that gap in, in development and stuff. And that, and that's the way that you know that's the way that Cameron Pound. He said, you know, going having to leave home at age fourteen. Yeah, and you know, but having the opportunity to leave the home at fourteen, yeah. be schooled in North America, but to come back here with you know as intelligent as he is, but also being able to play for the for for, for a pro hockey team is is you know. When you when you look around the elite league again, I mean, you look at Liam Kirk. Liam Kirk's been the, you know, he, what he did in North America, getting drafted, playing with the Peterborough Peets, um, you know, having a chance in in, in um, Arizona, um, and unfortunately picking up that really bad injury, you know, knocked him back a wee bit, and uh, you know, he did really well to come back for that. I can't actually remember where he's playing at the minute. Maybe Slovenia um, or Slovakia. Yeah. Um, but the kid, the kid's unbelievable. And Matt, again, I, I just think he's got he's got everything in his locker that it takes to be a professional, professional top end professional hockey player. Um, but he's probably too good for the elite league right now because he's at the age where he's still learning his craft and he's got a real chance to make it at a top league. And whether it's Sweden or whether it's um, you know Slovakia, Czech Republic, whatever it may be, um, and I, I do see him coming back here in a couple of years' time and more likely end up in Sheffield. Uh, but uh, you know, and the kid's got it. He's, I think, he's an amazing talent. Um, but it, it's, it's you. You need to get to the stage where you're on the ice every single day, whether it's twice a day on occasion. Um, and uh, and while Peter Russell's doing an absolutely brilliant job with Team GB, um, and you know, you, you look at uh, down the, the underage groups, under teams, under sixteens, what have you, um, for uh, um. Oh God, Spud Grub, um, yep. you know Martin Grub, basically doing a great job there on their teams under twenty ones now. Uh, you know it, it's absolutely fantastic what they're doing, and just hopefully we can continue to get them at fifteen, sixteen, getting you know drummed into them every single day. Guys, you really need to give up everything else and concentrate on being a professional hockey player if you want to have a chance, because there's so many distractions now, including social media, um, that they just you know they get oh I'm way over there. Um, but it, it, it's it's one of the things that if you want to be a professional hockey player or, or professional at anything, any sport, you need to give it 100% focus um, with the, the best opportunity of being successful. That's something we spoke to, to John Phillips about last season. It's, you know, I, I, the, the fact that so many of those lads in the Welsh setup and all came through because yeah. they were able to make those sacrifices. Davey, quickly, before we move on as well, Jackson Whistle, we spoke about him many times before. He did take that load over um, over uh, the Christmas time when, as as said, as said, the Spengler Cup for Tyler Beskarowani. He seems to have come back to full fitness and uh, he's an important part of uh, what we're trying to achieve going forward. Yeah, and I think the three games that he's talking about where he's came in and we've ultimately gone to overtime and penalty shots have been, I think, one goal against, two goals against, two goals against maybe, and that's given your team an opportunity to win on any given night. You know, there's very few games in this league, two goals wins you a game, so we've got to score more. And uh, when your goalie's performing like that at the back end, you've got to to help him out and, and build the net at the other end. But, you know, you say the same about 
closing, you know, 27 shots, both of them don't both give the teams an opportunity to win. And ultimately, it came down to a flip of a, a coin and a shootout. And as Jackson said himself there, they took three shots. We made three moves and they scored. We didn't, and unfortunately. But look, Jackson's came back after that quite a significant break in the season. And, uh, you know, as you say, Tyler had a lot, lot of load to carry, but Jackson's came back in there and he's looking fit. He's moving quite well. So, you know, it bodes well for the, the stretch here. Absolutely. A big thanks to Cameron Pound and Jackson Whistle for joining us. Right, we've got one more interview. One more interview. Davey and Simon did record this earlier on. We sort of trailed it on social media and we haven't said who it is. Well, all I can say is some goals are great. Sorry, some goals are good. Messed it up already. Some goals are good. <laughs> some goals are great. And some goals are iconic. Really do need this crowd on their feet and helping them. Kovostrov comes out to help his defence off. Lofts out ahead, bounces off, starts it on the fences there. Kiselyev loses control, they're going for a chance, the chance certainly got... Their chance on the back door! Yeah! Yeah! Come on! Twist! Justin Jonner comes off the wall and puts it past the goaltender! 3-2! Simon Collin changed with the inside pass. Paddy Dwarf finds Dustin Jonner and Jonner rifles at home. For his 18th goal of the season, Simon, two goals each. My goodness, how momentum can swing in a hockey game. Excited much? I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the man on the end of that stick, Dustin Johnner. Dustin, it doesn't seem like six years, man. I know. It's it's crazy to think that uh, I've even been out of hockey for, you know, five years now. And and thinking back to that game, I'm actually fortunate that I was part of that goal or to be one of the <laughs> actors in that goal. It was, it was big for me to have it pop up every now and then and remind me that I got a chance to play for the Giants and play this great game back in the day. It reminds me and Simon of just an absolutely fantastic Sunday afternoon, I think it was, uh, um, the game against Ireland. But like when you look back to it and, and you, you hear the noise of the arena, like very special memories, even though we came out in the wrong end that particular day. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's hard to, if you weren't there, to really understand how loud it was at that moment. Uh, I think we had just scored a minute and a half earlier or something like that to make it 2-1 and then we came back and scored. It was kind of a... You know, a bang-bang play where the puck, you know, gets passed all the way up, goes off furly stick, bounces over their D-man stick and lands on mine. And I had a little bit of patience, which I didn't realize I had there to, you know, settle the puck down and, and hit it in the back of the net. And, and just to hear that roar and see how excited I was and the guys were on the bench. And you see the, the replays a few times from the bench view of that when, when guys, when you see Kiefer jump up and you see the guys on the bench and you see how excited they were for everybody on the ice. And, and it was, it was a, it was a big moment and it's something, like I said before in previous interviews uh, that I'll never forget. You, I remember you saying just before we came on air um, that, you know, it, it's memories like that sort of let your kids know that you actually played hockey. Um, and I, they, they would have been very, very young at that age. And, and, um, and obviously memories like that, and they, with Facebook and, and social media, they pop up every year. Is that, have you got it in your diary? Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's time to pop up. Right, let's get ready and, and show the kids again. 
Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you look at nowadays where every single goal starting from the age of junior hockey all the way up to it will always be archived somewhere. You can go find it. Where as we look back to when we played in the WHL or played, you know, in North America when I played pro or Sweden or wherever it was in Europe, it's hard to find those goals. So when they do pop up, I do try and save them to show the kids. And now that my boys are both getting into hockey and my daughter's a huge Oilers fan and and watching hockey where we are over here, it's it's fun to see them. You know, they look back at the jerseys now that I got to keep from teams and and they wonder, oh, where was this one? Oh, where was this one? Well, this is where you were born. This is where you were born. You were here when I played here. And one day we want to get back to Europe and and really show them all the places they lived and all the places we played and, and that type of thing. And that experience is something that, that we'll never forget and that we miss a lot. And when you look at that game itself, I mean, it's, it's we, we did a podcast during uh, COVID and it was, I remember, you know, thinking of iconic moments over the last 20 we're looking up it's 24 years now um of the giants and that's right up there i mean i know we've won league titles and we've won um uh, championships at home on the ice at the ssa arena uh, or the odyssey as it used to be called but that's probably my memory but most fondest memory even though it's a game that we lost and and and, and being down two nil and getting that first goal to get back into the game. I mean, obviously you're on the bench. You're, you know, everybody's pumped on all that. You know, Arnhem are a really good team, and and and, and you know, we we came within a, a two whiskers of, of two posts of of winning everything that year. But what are your memories off the game itself and the lead into the into the game? You know, I think for us it was big. I think uh, you know that was kind of the first year we had that opportunity to get to the Champions Hockey League and and be a part of that and. Um, and when we were there, you know, I think we were definitely underdogs going into that game. Um, we knew it was going to be a big task and that they were a good team. Um, and then you get down two, and, you know, the games, there's not much time left and, and you're getting down to that point and you're like, ah, where are we going to go? But then you get that one goal and it just gives you life. And now you're like, it's just one shot. And, and we, and, you know, we got that chance to get the one shot and, and, and I took advantage of it and, you know, it came down to the whole team and everything. And then you go to, you go to the shootout and, you know, the way the NHL and, and hockey has changed and brought in the shootouts and all the leagues around, around the world, it's part of it now. So and it can go any way. So, you know, you get a goalie or a guy fumbles the puck or hits the post or misses the net or it just can go any way that, you know, I can imagine being a fan. Um, I, I am now a little bit with, with my son's games and um, how much more stress I, I endure being in the stands compared to being on the ice when you have some control of it uh, is, is such a difference. So being, you know, from an outside looking in, I could only imagine the uh, anxiety that was building for everybody who had zero control in the outcome. And, and obviously it wasn't the outcome we wanted, um, but it was a game. I think that's the thing about sports is, is sometimes those wins create more character and, and create more of a, a passion for the fans than it does a win when you win seven to one or something like that, where, you know, you, you band together. So I, I think that was a, a huge game for me to remember. I always remember, obviously you remember the game and the champions are 
was it the um I forget which one we won where we won the tournament against Cardiff in Cardiff and or against Challenge Guildford Cup. the Challenge Cup yeah that was the one I was <clears> part <throat> of that one and just be on the ice for that one too I'll always remember and having my parents there and and things like that there's always those moments throughout your career and in other countries you know we've uh, I was fortunate to be a part of some championship things and there's moments and this game definitely is one of those moments that you'll always remember and cherish and remember the guys that are on the team and remember the reactions. Remember when you come to the bench after and you almost fall, like there's things like that, whereas I mean, the excitement is always there. I think that now would be a really good time just to play another one special moment from that game. Come on, that's the score. Stick a bottom corner. They'll go wild, wild, wild. Here we go. Dustin, John and I, Needs to come in, takes a shot, takes it. It's just fantastic because that, that comes up on Twitter every 12 months and we'll probably tag you in it every couple of years and still get goosebumps, Simon. You know, I don't know how you feel like the two of us screaming there. I think we're on our knees up in whatever box it was, but it was just an incredible just it was it's one of the iconic moments of the last 25 years yeah i think th that was the nerve right if I, you want to there's there was nerves in that one i think that one i had to score to extend it or else we did lose and yep i remember Kiefer calling my name and i was like all right here we go and i i had done that move many times in shootouts uh throughout my time playing and i was like i gotta go back to the one thing that i know has worked for me in the past and you know and it, it was one of those ones where i think it did go off the goalie's shoulder a bit and uh, I know everybody's expecting maybe a bottom corner, but that's that's only the song. I, I was going top yeah. corner the whole time. So, <laughs> so let, let's let's talk. Like it's brilliant to talk hockey, and obviously puts a smile on everybody's face when you when you get to do it. But what's it been like after the lights go out, after you're away from the game a wee bit and real world reality bites and all that? What's it? What's life like for Dustin at the minute? Yeah, no, it's great actually. You know, I i think i really had a plan of when i wanted to be done and it kind of went according to plan and i got to have my family my parents there when i was done and and you guys all saw in the other video how how much the game meant to me and having everybody that supported me is and it's it's hard it was i think my first few years it was easier to kind of be away from it and just kind of totally shut my brain off from it and just be back in Canada and hang out with family and friends that we've been away from a, a lot over our years, my kids to be with, you know, their grandparents and that type of thing and, and kind of try and find a new, a new passion out there. And for me, it was, you know, I got to thank, you know, the Belfast Giants organization a lot for giving me the opportunity to go back to school and, and, and getting my education. So I, when I came back, I could have an opportunity like I have now to work with a company that, you know, we've started up a little company and now I'm in the business world and, and where it's growing and it's a lot of fun and you see the ups and downs and, and the things like that. And you, you want to create a team of people around you that you know, makes you feel like you're back in that locker room. So that is that is something that I've missed a lot is just being around all those guys. You have 20 built-in friends that are always there for you and always have your back and always, you know, Christmases and breaks and trips and everything you did together, it was in your wins and your losses, you're always rooting for each other. Whereas in, in life, lots of things are more individual. Um, so I'm trying to help with this company we're doing now is to, to build that culture of, you know, it's a team. There's com competition against others, but not within ourselves. And and that's something I think that athletes really benefit from. And being part of that team, after life after hockey, has really helped with 
dealing with different personalities in the locker rooms. I'm sure you know over the years the type of personalities that we get and not everybody gets along, but you got to find a way to get through that if you want to be successful. So, you know, and my kids are playing hockey, like I mentioned, and my daughter's she started doing cheer when she was in Belfast, when she saw, you know, the cheerleaders there and she still does it now and she loves it. And that's her passion. And my youngest boy's four and he's just started skating and, and Lucas, um, he's nine and, you know, he's playing hockey and Amy's, you know, happy to be back, but I think she might miss it more than anybody being in Europe and just the, the way life is over there and the lifestyle and, and the relaxed, you know, just, day-to-day is was was great and we miss belfast a lot we miss europe in general a lot but we did really love our time there you know just listening to you talk about our city and 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 look all we all we've ever asked of of players that come to belfast is to give 100 percent, and and nobody can ever say that dustin johnner didn't give 100 percent every single shift every single night um and if they did and i'd be quite happy to chop the gloves with anybody um but what I mean, when you take out the the two years that you spent in Belfast, you went through a period in the first season when you were hurt, um, and obviously you missed those championship games and um, the game against Cardiff. I remember sitting with you watching the game, um, and you couldn't play on it, but you were straight onto the you're probably one of the first onto the ice um, <laughs> after the game itself, and and then you obviously get the chance to play the second year, and as you said, you know you went back to Cardiff with big Guilford there in overtime, um, you know and. And you know your parents were there, the family were there, and and it's it is, it, it's the game itself, it, and we know is a, it's 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 important to have that family around you because when you and a lot of people who maybe don't understand the sacrifices that your parents would have made when you were growing up, and and obviously the sacrifice that, that Amy and the kids made when you were on the road, and um, it must have felt really good for them to be there on those championship moments to share with them. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, I'm, I was fortunate to get that opportunity too, because a lot of teams would have maybe given up on me at that point when I had missed, I don't know, I played what 19 games or 10 games the first season. And those injuries just kept happening one after another. And I really have to give, you know, thanks to Thorts and, and Kiefer for, you know, seeing something there that they wanted me to, you know, see it through to the end of that contract. And because I know they didn't have to do that. Um, so there was a lot there, but yeah, that was really something for me. I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if that could have been the end of it there. And I guarantee you that would have been the end of it if they didn't give me that chance. So to be able to come back that next year, work hard through the summer, stay there all summer and just train and, and get back to it. And I really wanted to, prove back to them that they're making the right decision to keep me but also I wanted that one more year to you know end on my terms have my family be there and like you said I'm seeing it more and more now how much we sacrifice for our kids where my you know to the level that I got to playing hockey that it's just if my kids get there like you know the the sacrifice will have to come at some point and I will definitely do that because you know and I I owe a lot to my parents and even to Amy to giving up her career to come over and follow me to Europe and, and that type of thing. It's, it's very, very fortunate that I had those people in my life because some people don't, and they don't, they don't get that chance. They may have the skill, they may have the drive, they may have everything, but a lot of things got to come in place for you to be able to play a sport for a career and, and do something you love. And it doesn't feel like a job. You know, it didn't ever feel like a job to me. Um, it was always what I wanted to do, and you know, kind of now I have a job. <laughs> just, just I want to follow up on that before Davey, we're finishing it off. But you just touch on that. I mean, I, 
again, I, when I played, I never felt like a job. It was just the best. It was the best time in the world. Um, and now that you do have a job and you do have to get up early and you do have to go and work shifts, um, you know, would you pass on a message to, to any budding hockey player that even if they're guys that are that, that in the Giants roster at the minute or playing professional hockey at 21, 22, is the message play as long as you can because it really doesn't get any easier when you do hang the skates up. No, it, it doesn't. And, you know, not everybody gets a chance to play until they want to be done, you know. Uh, so, you know, it could be your last year. And I there's a lot of times throughout my career where I thought it could have been or, you know, when I was – there was a time when I was, I'm trying to think, maybe 26 or 27 where I came back to North America and didn't have an, an opportunity. You know, I was I, I I owe a lot to little Stevie Saviano to bringing me back over to Sweden, and we ended up that year having a great year. And you know, I, I went on playing ten more years after that. You know, at that point, I honestly was ninety percent of the way to be done playing uh, and moving on to doing something else. So you never know, and you just got to take opportunities when you get it. You never know when that chance is going to come, or that phone call is going to come, or some maybe somebody else unfortunately gets injured or there's that thing just you just you got to try and do it as long as you can you know and then if your heart falls out of it then you know you know that's your choice then but you don't want to still love the game and give up on it and then regret it later and that would be i would if i if i would have gave up after that season where i would have been hurt um i would have regret it forever so i'm glad i i battled through that and the team gave me the chance and and we ended up you know <laughs> ending with with a season like that which was so close to getting all three you know uh and losing to nottingham 2-1 the last game was was pretty heartbreaking it would have been great to go out with a win but uh you know it was a great team great group of guys that i'll never forget well listen Dustin, I, I, we would never be as presumptuous as to say we speak for all the Belfast Giants fans, but I think on this occasion, we can speak for everyone and say thank you for making our city your city and for representing us and, you know, giving us those very special memories and, and don't be a stranger. Absolutely not. I, I, honestly, we're looking forward to coming back and seeing you guys and, and seeing the organization and just showing the kids where they went to school and being a part of all that and just the places that we love to go when we were there. There's so many places that we used to love to go and have a coffee or go eat dinners and stuff that we, it was really our home for two years and, and you guys really, everybody around made us feel like it was our home. So we appreciate the way we were treated when we were there. And like I always tell everybody, a first class organization, and that's the reason why they stay successful and they have a culture the way they do and why guys want to go there is just the way we were treated when we were there. Big thanks to Dustin Jonner for his time. Guys, honestly, like you think back to that time as well. And like that, first of all, that goal will always be, as I said, iconic with regards to the Belfast Giants. But you see as well in that interview, his love for the organization, his love for you know, the way we stuck by him. I've been getting messages on WhatsApp and likes from, from, from Brooksy and, and people who remember you, some of the great goals that he scored, talking about those Challenge Cup being, being injured for one of the Challenge Cup finals, being back the next year. You know, he's stripping, stripping the puck, you know, uh, uh, that, that ended up going to Smo for, for, the, for the winning goal in OT against the, um, uh, in, in the Challenge Cup against Guildford. You know, Dustin Jonner, Davey, I'll start with you. Dustin Jonner is definitely just one of those players that is is right up there in the echelons of Belfast Giants. Mate, just like players come and go, but, you know, legends stay forever. And he, he built himself a status that 
you know, we, I consider myself genuinely really, really blessed to be able to do this podcast and to speak to some of these guys that were heroes to me and will always remain heroes. And you get to talk to them and tell them what it means to, for them to play for us. And they come right back with, you know, pretty much it meant the same to them. And uh, we went on to have a lovely conversation off after after the uh, camera stopped rolling kind of thing. And uh, just, yeah, I just feel really privileged to have been part of that. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make it out to be a bigger deal than it was, but it was just, it was one of the most fun 20 minutes I've spent in a long, long time, just reminiscing. It was a great day. I had a great day with one of my best mates in the world doing it, doing the commentary on it. To get asked to do that was brilliant. Then the to be a brilliant game and to have those iconic moments in Giants history and to be in a very, very small way part of them. And when they come <clears> back <throat> up on your Twitter feed and stuff and you hear just the excitement and it takes you back to a moment in time. And I guess that's what following this great club does. It gives you great moments in time that you, you get to relive. And when the times that you're going through aren't great, that you've got those things to pump your tires up. Man, it was a lot of fun. One of the things says that it also came shone out for that interview is the fact that, and we've said this before about the organisation is you know one of the things that prides itself is how it treats its its players and, and and you know players who come in who are you know they go away with good memories win or lose they go away with good memories of being in Belfast and I think that's shown through from the from the interview as well. Yeah, but it's always a lot. The memories are always a lot sweeter when they win. Um, you know, yeah. and, and we talk about you know Davy just touched on there about. Um, you know, chatting with, with Johnny and I mean, I, you know what? I, I literally that that interview only came from yesterday. Um, I, I was chatting to Steve Saviano about something and and um, back and forth with him, and I said, you know what? We we should we should do this because obviously six years ago was just David posted up in his, his Twitter feed and his Facebook feed there the other day, and you know, six years ago that happened in the Continental Cup, which you know we were all there. We all um, you know, I'm, I'm reading. Some of the comments that people are putting down the side here, it's Johnny Baxter fell over the third row and uh, the, the seats in, in Boomerang Corner and other people basically bounce. Listen, I hit the deck and then literally we scored that second goal. Both of us were on the ground. Um, yeah. I, I didn't see the oh, celebration yeah. because I, when, when, so we were standing in front row of the of the um, of the the suite and, and I think it was suite nineteen doing the the commentary and literally just dropped and and. Was so pleased to have that second goal go in because we, it, it was a six games to commentate on in three days is a tough ask. Doing it when I'm not, my English isn't great, I think you have realized that over the years. But the first game, you know, Arlan versus um, Calavice, I think it was. I mean, I must have murdered about thirty of those names. Like the whole <laughs> way through the it sort of got better as the weekend went on. Um, but you know, the game itself, the memories from the game, uh, going two 0 down, obviously getting it back to the two one, and then Johnny scores that two two goal, and and you know, I nearly lost my voice. I think I don't think I found it since then. To be honest, I, mean, I was an eight my ball drop. But the um, you know, when you look through everything that happened that night, and 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 then you think about. You know the the penalty shot which Jimbo hit the post. I think it was, wasn't it? Um, or was it Jimbo hit the post or was it Paddy Dwyer hit the post? I think Jimbo hit the post. Jimbo hit the post, and then they go up the RN and get the winner, unfortunately. And <coughs> and I remember if you if you ever do watch that game, I remember just being totally lost for words after. I think there was about twenty seconds of silence, 
and I was just Davy. Both of us were literally, you know, our head against the counter, yeah. and and we just didn't, you know, but it was it was deflating, really, really deflating. But when you look back at it, it was one of the best moments that we've ever had as Belfast Giants fans. And make no mistake about it. Um, and I just want to touch on something because, as I say, we, we had a chat with John afterwards. And I've always noticed that, you know, Davey's a wee bit emotional every once in a while. Um, no, but he, genuinely, you know, he, he, I mean, he was close to tears when he was talking to Johnny after the game, after the that interview, yeah. because he feels that passionate about how people come to represent our city. And it must be, it's a wee bit difficult, sorry, a wee bit different for you guys because you are both living over in England at the minute and, um, and you don't get to spend the games here and I'm lucky enough to get to watch the games every weekend. Um but you know again Davy was was uh was was feeling a wee bit um emotional about <laughs> these guys. And but it is it, it is emotional because when you think back it's good memories that you have as a fan. I mean the people talk oh you're an employee of the Giants and you have to do this and you have to I'm a fan. I'm a fan first and foremost. I always have been um and it does get to you that that you know that, that obviously games like that and and losing out on on that penalty shot is something I'll just never forget. But it um, it was an incredible incredible moment and um, I again Davy touched on it. It was just to do it with Davy doing the commentating was was absolutely brilliant. I love the Continental Cup for just that. I love the Continental Cup for just having that and like the, the, I can't really add to anything that you boys have settled and just through my own experience and of that weekend which is just of pure tense excitement higgy gets that first goal and it comes and it's right on the line and he just you know higgy does higgy things and he puts it in in the back of the net you think hold on a minute wait a minute we could be back in this game and then as davy said so eloquently in the commentary john our rifles at home and the roof comes off the SSE arena. I've never experienced the like of it, not for a long time. I don't know whether I will. Hopefully we'll experience it again soon. But that was just one moment that I couldn't, couldn't, you know, still this day, I still feel it. And then... I would, sorry, for been, you just talk on the on the game about the roof coming off that night. And we've both been in there, sorry, we've all three of us have been in the arena when we've won the Challenge Cup in the last couple of years. And I don't think, and I was lied. Don't get me even, wrong. Even the, even the OT winning, even the OT yeah. win over Cardiff, I don't think yeah. was. And and you know, I think that I think that the the, the because of the way it was, because of the way that we'd come back so late, because of the way we'd you know, and the fact that it was that just to get it equal, yeah, it's just something in a European competition. It's why I enjoy the Continental Cup. And I was uh, sorry, go on, Derry. I remember the noise. You talk about the noise of the goals. <laughs> that go on. <laughs> but the noise, the, the, noise, noise the noise between the noise between the end of the game and overtime starting was just like I remember looking at the guys in Boomerang Corner from where we were and they're like going like and like it was just those memories like oh man what a what a club well, we get to follow lads. My, my- Matt MacGyver drops uh, the Venga boys, right? Drops the Venga boys in there. It just is there. As just after that goal scored, there's a break in play. Matt MacGyver drops the Venga bus, right? And you think to yourself, really? But the whole place. And it was great fun. One of the funny, I see in the comments there, like, talk about me and Sis being on the floor. 
Matt MacGyver was obviously on the floor too because the, <laughs> the goal horn comes about 10 seconds later. It's like, oh yeah. It was. <sighs> oh, yeah, goal horn. Oh, but the, um, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. One last, one last memory for me is that um, for OT, I went back around to Sweet 23 to the, um, to, to the media box and I sat there. And obviously... <clears throat> Uh, they score. They, 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 our land take the trophy, and I'm standing there, and I'm absolutely just devastated. To be honest with you, devastated. My voice is gone. Devastated. Um, Luke Fisher from the Elite League is sitting behind me, and I look over to my right, and there's Robert Fitzpatrick, right? And I just basically, I look at Robert, and Robert just looking at me, and I just went, just probably, I just went. They practically shouted it, and I think I don't think I think there was an f bomb in there as well. But I just looked and went, we're going to win the league. I'm telling you it right now, we're going to win the league. And we did, because that was the weekend that basically pushed us to believe that we could win. And we went yeah. on to win the league. And it was just a remarkable. Great to have just Dustin John there. Great great interview, boys. I, I was sorry I wasn't able to dig in. <laughs> but the uh, great interview from you, boys. And I really enjoyed it. And big thanks to Dustin John. If you enjoyed it, let us know. And uh, maybe we'll throw in a few names and we'll see if we can get other uh, former players to come and join us for a bit of a chat and uh, bring them on because it's something we enjoy doing. A bit of reminiscing for our great club isn't a bad thing. Go on, Davey. Can we get a piggy catch Again, oh, you, and you, I you want. Who I want? Yeah. My goodness, the Belfast, the Belfast attic. I'll reach out to him, see what he's up to. We'll have, <laughs> certainly have a highlight. We we'll, can certainly pull some goals from the the highlight reel there. Um, oh, right, where are we? Where are we? We're an hour and thirty six in. I was going to do the dops thing with Sean. Allen. I'm not going to do it now. We're running well over. What I am going to do just quickly is give you a little bit of news before we sort of wrap things up while i do that you can watch the, the elite league goals of the week um we talked about coventry's game tomorrow <laughs> night in the semi-final of the cup against sheffield um the other semi-final between glasgow and guilford has already taken place it's all its first leg has it was a, a nil-nil in front of a packed brayhead arena uh the second leg of that will be in the spectrum in a few weeks um sheffield have finally lost an away game uh, 2-1 away to Fife before beating them 6-4 back in Sheffield the following night. Uh, there were wins for Dundee over Nottingham. Storm hammered Clan 7-3 in Altrincham on Sunday, and Cardiff came back to win 5-4 over the Flames in a shootout. Uh, we also mentioned uh, Team GB. The Olympic qualifiers take place in Cardiff from the 8th to the 11th of February against Romania, China, and Serbia. Uh, from the Belfast Giants, we've mentioned the Jackson Whistle. We spoke to him earlier on, and he's got one of those spots. But also that weekend, the Giants will be without Davy Phillips, Ben Lake, and Sean Norris. Uh, that'll be for two away games, both in Scotland against Glasgow, who will be missing Robert Lakovic, and Dundee, who will be missing nobody. Um, actually, so, should we have a weekend, weekend off that week? It's difficult just the way the stand. I mean, we always go on the um, Ice Hockey UK um, and GB setups and the way they have their training or uh, regime for the world training or world uh, championships starts literally the Tuesday after the playoffs. It's a difficult one. The teams, all the teams want to play. It's really difficult to give up a weekend game for a midweek game. Um, you know, there's a big difference in crowd that comes in, and it's, you know, sometimes you have to take that chance. I mean, to be honest, the likelihood is we'll probably lose a couple of other players for international duty as well. Um, you know, so Tedesco and and uh, Kohei Sato. Uh, so you know, when you're losing it's five, six guys, it's difficult. But 
you know what? Other guys are going to have to step up, and uh, hopefully, um, they can do that over that period of time. So there's a, there's a chance for other guys to to make a name for themselves and and, and get a, get in the the lineup and and hopefully not get taken out of it. Uh, David, do you remember when the Olympic when the Olympic qualifiers happened? We used to have the Ahern Cup. Yep. So do you think something we should bring back? No. <laughs> what? I really enjoyed it. Oh, sorry, you were looking at the discussion. Um, if yes. you're gonna give, if you're gonna, if you're gonna it's complain about, if you're gonna complain about um having to play games short benched, and then play voluntary games short benched, then I sure. think it's a. Do you call that an oxymoron? I'm not sure what the what that yeah, means. Probably, probably but um, the idea that we could play six players short to me at this stage of a season, yeah, it gives players opportunities. But for me, unfortunately, we need to give GB as a as a British company. We need to give GB the best chance of getting the Olympics because it's the best chance of getting exposure to the nation. And Freedier BBC Olympics qualifiers. Right, that's that's how you expose this sport to the masses. Stop making a best kept secret. Give everything you can to get this country to the Olympics. And until they do that, until they make this really, really important, then we'll just stay the secret we are. And that's fine if that's where they want to stay. But until you make your going to the World Championships every year is brilliant, but going to the Olympics is different. It's yep. the next level it is. for me. It's it's um, live on BBC um, television. It's it's live. You know, it's live on BBC television. It would be covered by magazine shows. It would be being in the Olympics would be the next level, hundred yeah. percent. So that, that that for me would be where I would want to see GB in the Olympics, and you know, that's just that is what it yeah. is. I don't think we should have to play sick player short. By the way. No, no, me neither. Um, right, lastly in this section, the league table, Sheffield Steelers, 51 points flying ahead, uh, 29 games. We've played a game more, but we're quite a bit behind 38, 13 points behind and 38 point, points. Cardiff are behind us. Uh, they have two games on us and uh, 37 points. Guildford, 37 from 30. Uh, Blaze in fifth, 35 from 29. Dundee, Glasgow and Storm are in eighth. Five Flyers, 25 and 32, and Nottingham are really up against it. Real, real, real chance that Nottingham could miss out on the play, on the on the playoffs, the way things are going. And um, but they are on 22 points from 26 games. Um two games for the Belfast Giants this weekend. We are at home against the Coventry Blaze on Saturday, 7 p.m. at the SSE Arena. And if you're not getting down to that, get uh, get your tickets to that. And if not, join Simon on Giants TV. And then we go over to Surrey to the Spectrum to face the Guildford Flames Sunday at 6 p.m. You get that on Flames TV. Um, Saturday's game is the Belfast Giants Pride game uh, with a special shirt for the night. And what is the annual celebration that hockey is most certainly for everyone. And in the land of the Giants, everyone is equal. That is Saturday's game, 7 p.m. is the Pride game against the Coventry Blaze. Any other business, boys? I'd like to jump in just on what you said there about the Pride game this weekend, mate. Um, you know, obviously, we recognize a charity uh, every single year. We do the Pride uh, games, and the, the money we raise goes to the Pride. Uh, and this year, it's going to be the Rainbow Project. Um, they're going to be our Pride partner this year. Uh, they're going to have a table on the breads. People should come along, feel free to, to pop along and engage with them and have a chat with them. The shirt off the back is going to uh, be up for grabs, obviously, again, as we have for every game, all the shirts that are for the players on the uh, the backs are going to be up for grabs and people can buy their tickets and, and the money's going to be donated, again, to the Rainbow Project. 
there's a couple of jerseys left over, obviously, because uh, there's obviously not all the players can play. They'll be on sale at the OSC desk, and there'll also be a raffle jersey, which will be an Adam Keefe Pride jersey, um, up for grabs on the OSC desk that evening. And at the end of the game, Adam will hand the jersey over to the winner. That's going to be done in off-ice bar after the game. We'll have a um, Adam will come around after the game itself. He'll sign the jersey for the winner. We'll do the draw on the night. Um, and uh, that'll basically be there for a winner to, to take home with them. Um, we've also teamed up with Sporting Pride, who will also be on the bridge and have a table that night as well. Um, it's, you know, there's there's different people throughout Northern Ireland with regards to the Belfast Giants and the Land of the Giants, everyone's equal. Um, and everybody's welcome along to the Belfast Giants game. So if you feel it, you want to come along and you want to go and have a chat with the guys on the at uh, the Rainbow Project on the bridge or Sporting Pride, please feel free to do so. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's one thing that we're we're looking forward to, to getting done this weekend. And hopefully, we can get a result against the Coventry Blaze at home on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything from you, Davey? Any other business? Not this week, my man. Not this week. Um, I'm just going to throw in one comment that I got earlier. Uh, was uh, is that a War Games t-shirt? It is absolutely a t-shirt from the fabulous 1983 um, movie starring Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy. War Games, and it's one of my pride and joys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, two big games for the Belfast Giants this weekend. Giants face the Blaze at home. Saturday, 7 p.m. at the SSE Arena, and that's on. Get yourself down there or watch it on Giants TV. Uh, and then Way to the Flames in Surrey, uh, Sunday at 6 p.m. Davey, are you doing any more uh, work there? Are you going to the Spectrum? Are you going to be digging in again? Never know. Never know. Never know. Non-stop, buddy. Non-stop. The, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's 6 p.m. and you get that on Flames TV. Big thanks to Cameron Pound, the Jackson Whistle, Danny Stewart, and, of course, Dustin Jonner for joining us on this week's show. <laughs> the um, Are we going to get anything from Blue Nutrition if you keep doing that, says? You know what I mean? Yes, I'm like, uh, <laughs> one of yeah. those bottles. Get any more of them bottles? Yeah, I'll get you some. No problem. No, get, get, <laughs> get, uh, I'll, I'll send you text after. It's not for me. Somebody needs one. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, all right. No, right. no, no. I'll text yeah, you after. Wouldn't, wouldn't embarrass him on this. <laughs> wouldn't embarrass him on this? I thought you were going to say it's for, for Lily on, on her um, goalkeeping duties. No, no. She's got one of the ones with the wee on it. We, is that what draw? Is that what you call it? Draw? Is that what you call that? I have no idea. I have no idea, man. One of those aeroplanes anyway. that all the kids have these days. Oh, she's got one of them. I'll, uh, I'll, what do you call it? it? Says I'll send you my address for for blue nutrition or what? What were they called there? Sorry, blue 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 nutrition. There you go. That's it. Our, <laughs> our that nutrition note. partner here at AVFTB. Gents, always a pleasure. Thanks once again for joining us this week. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, you can get us at AVFTB on Twitter. You can get us Facebook and kingdomofthegiants.com and all the normal sort of places. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.